This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 30th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. And we have arrived. It's preseason day, and we're going to do preseason DFS. And so pumped that I have a guest this time. Uh, Fast Eddie Fear from FanVice. Uh, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm doing great, Mike. It's an exciting weekend. Be honest with me right now. What are you more excited about? NBA basketball returning tonight or curb your enthusiasm tomorrow? I, I still got to say NBA, man. I mean, I, I've been so pumped for this. For months at a time, I've just been sitting. I, I, I love baseball. I love football. But it's just nothing's the same. I, I love basketball, and I'm, I'm looking forward to... Just so many things. And this offseason has just been incredible. Uh, it's uh, been amazing to see the sport really transform into a, a 12-month sport. I mean, I read more about basketball than any other sport this entire summer. And seeing all the news of, oh, my God, Mello moved. Yeah. And talking about it with your friends. And, oh, my God, Jimmy Butler went to Minnesota. He's back with Tibbs. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it, you could go on and on and on. Paul George and just the Warriors set the tone. Chris Paul and James Harden, two top five point guards, are on the same team now. I mean, just... I'm not bullish on that, by the way. Are you? I have a lot of people saying, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think Harden will be good going back to playing the two. It's like, well, wasn't he phenomenal at playing the two for a number of years? Yeah. No, he go to the one and crushed it bad. That's just the lame take in my mind. People would just say, oh, oh, yeah, just hating on Harden and hating on the big teams making big moves. Just oh, jealousy. So many pairings I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, even tonight starting, I want to see Jokic out there next to Millsap. I want to see how that works very, very badly. And definitely Harden and Paul's another one. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Millsap in, in a little bit. Um, if you missed the pod yesterday, we talked about kind of the top 10 things for more season long. But So what we're going to do today is talk about the four teams playing today. Throw in a little bit of season expectations. But we're going to focus more on DFS preseason, which is pretty much money-making time because just... The amount of information out there to predict who's going to play what is it just helps you out so much. So we're going to start with the Lakers and the Wolves. And really the Lakers have been, despite not really making a big splash, just the Lonzo thing. And I've never seen a guy get this much press really since LeBron, maybe even before. But that social media thing kind of skews that. But Lonzo's uh, the big story. He's gone 6-0 and in his, pre, his uh, scrimmages. He did so with... A bunch of bench guys, Vander Blue, Corey Brewer, Kyle Kuzma, Mr. Summer League, and Thomas Bryant, not Kobe Bryant. Uh, and then the last one on Thursday, the starters for tonight, we think, with Lonzo, KCP, Ingram, Nance, and Randall. So 3-0 with each of those two sets. So he's the only guy that's undefeated. Um, yeah. So what, what, what do you think about Lonzo tonight? Um, again, Summer League, he was just ridiculous. Uh, got hurt at the end, but he's good to go. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be a monster. I There are some words of caution you have to be aware of. People are speaking like, oh, I think he gets some massive amount of minutes tonight. I've heard Luke Walton talk about being careful with Lonzo Ball's minutes at least three times this preseason. He talked about how they went back in time and looked at the minutes other teams had given to elite point guards taken at the beginning of the draft in their rookie seasons and repeatedly um, 
you know, said he was going to be cautioned. I, I imagine you're going to see something like 28 minutes for Alonzo tonight, maybe 30. Maybe they go over that because everyone's so anxious to see him, but I have a feeling the number is about there. But, yeah, obviously he's thus far really excelled in every situation you put him in, whether he's wearing the blue or the gold jerseys in practice when they're putting him in there with, uh, uh, you know, the starters or with the guys who, some of which won't even make the rotation. He's winning every game, and the coach said further that, he isn't really taking any shots. He's just making everyone around him better. So uh, there are really no prices in DFS tonight. There are actually no prices on Fandle. You can roster anyone and not hit the cap. On DraftKings, it's basically the same. You could hit the cap if you wanted to, but you really don't need to. But uh, Alonzo Ball, obviously, going to be an excellent play and someone that I think everyone's pretty excited to watch. Yeah, for sure. You're pretty high in the minutes. I was thinking like 24, 27, kind of in the mid-20s. So you can Because they want to mix in a lot of guys. I should add... Uh, no Brooke Lopez, no Andrew Bogut, and I don't think well Josh Hart's pretty much out. Um, yep. So that means they should there should be minutes available. They are probably going to play guys like Briante Weber, and um, we'll see what they do with Jordan Clarkson, who's had a, a really good camp. They've been saying so. Keep an eye on those guys. Um, would you touch Weber or Clarkson here? Yeah, I think you can do Clarkson. Uh, if you look back at Walton's preseason usage in past years, you did see a lot of the guys coming off the bench, playing the wings, ending up playing more minutes than anyone on the team. And there's been some early rumbling about you know Jordan Clarkson making a six-man-of-the-year push coming off the bench behind KCP. So I think Clarkson uh, is certainly an intriguing GPP play in this game if, if you're looking to try and take down a tournament. But uh, I, I think a lot of the opportunity comes when you have no Bogut and no Brooke Lopez if you're looking to take someone to uh, – uh, to capitalize on those guys being missing, you're obviously going to look at the bigs. Uh, and the names I think you're looking at there are some combination of Kyle Kuzma, Vika Zubac, and even Thomas Bryant, who's gotten a lot of pub in the preseason. Yeah, he's looked great, uh, quote-unquote, flying around, according to Luke Walton. Um, one thing that we're going to watch, probably, like you said, it feels like today they're going to kind of get a not regular season feel, but it seems like they want to kind of get that group established. So yeah. these, there's a lot of position battles, especially in the backcourt. Uh, Briante Weber versus Tyler Ennis, and then who the fourth guard is going to be tied into that as well with Clarkson, Hart, also in the mix, Vander Blue, 40-pointer in D-League slash G-League last year. He's played big minutes at times for this team, so uh, I'm curious to watch that. Again, not so much tonight, so that's probably, probably like the last DFS game. We're probably going to want to get a lot of those guys uh, preseason. Um, Brandon Ingram, I want to talk about him really quick. Uh, really shortened his shooting stroke. Uh, they talked about a magic breakout. Um, they want to have more plays run through him. He really talked up the pace a lot in a quote the other day. I think it was Thursday, um, which is that's really been their buzzword is pace, 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 and they really want to get out and run. They're probably going to be top two or three, uh, I think, after being six last year. So um, I, I like Ingram. They're going to get him going today too. Um, he's healthy and uh, in great shape. So is he someone you want to use DFS-wise? Yeah, I definitely think it's a place you can go. He's been talking a lot in the preseason also about his rapport with Lonzo Ball, and I think those two guys are your likely guesses for uh, leads and minutes on this team tonight. Um, certainly, it's always been a dynamic player, but if you look, you know, last year there were a lot of games where he led the team in minutes, both in the preseason and in the regular season. They've never been uh, worried about giving that guy too much time. So I certainly think uh, at a point where you're looking to try to minimize your risk of picking up someone who doesn't play the court that much, I think we can expect to see a good amount of Brandon Ingram out there. Yeah, and they played him all over. They played him at the 2 through the 4 last yeah. year. So it sounded like they kind of want to streamline him to number 3, uh, and they really want to give him big minutes, which makes you think, like, what are they going to do with Luol Dang this year? 
uh, because they want to play three guard. They want they. It sounds like they want to play Larry, Larry Nance straight at the four. So I don't think there's going to be minutes for Dang at the four. So I mean, I don't even know where Dang fits on this team. Who's not really a guy who's a uh, run up and down kind of a guy. Um, I mean, does he? Where do you think he fits both for tonight and for the season? I'm really not sure. I don't. I don't <laughs> think he's necessarily going to see any significant time tonight. But you know, certainly could be wrong there. But I think they're taking a look at other guys in that spot. Maybe get some Vander Blue all the way down at a three for a little while, which is something you could see. I'm not sure exactly where they're going to employ uh, Larry Nance. I think he starts at the four with his four percent body fat they're having <laughs> these days. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was that was the statement coming out of camp. How much lighter he was and how much better he was. Jumping, which if you've seen Larry Nance in the past, that's a pretty scary idea that he's somehow gotten more yeah. athletic and more uh, more agile there. But, yeah, I uh, joked in the blurb that Brooke Lopez better watch out during practices to get dunked on. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I forgot most of you guys are reunited after uh, that uh, that beating that he laid on him last year. He put him on the poster to be sure. Yeah. Uh, one more thing on Ingram I want to add. He was 31.6% on jumpers last year. So mm. I really want to see him improve there, and it sounds like he knows that. Um, and, and man, again, pace is a buzzword, but you mentioned the body fat thing. These guys are getting in shape. Randall's lost a good 15, 20 pounds, and Zubats is down there. They're calling him 8% now uh, because he was down from 19% body fat. So we love muscle watch and hashtag best shape of his life, added a three-pointer, and all these things, but the Lakers are hardcore with this. Um, yeah, but I mean, if we're talking about tonight just for DFS and we're uh, discussing pace, it's worth pointing out this is actually projected to be the, the Harris slower game. I think the over-under on this game opened around 215. Uh, Denver and Golden State's all the way up to 222, which is obviously incredibly fast. This game is still moving uh, at a really good pace. The, the other thing I want to mention real quick is, is sort of the, the elephant in the room here is that uh, due to the new CBA, there's an abbreviated preseason this year. All these teams are getting... Uh, far fewer games than they did last year. Almost every team last year got seven, eight games. Uh, the teams we're talking about tonight all get uh, three to five. Uh, Minnesota is in uh, particularly the most interesting uh, shape. They get three preseason games, only one in this hemisphere. They play tonight, <laughs> then they immediately head on out to China, play the Warriors twice there, and come back, and that's it. They, they've stated they're going to have a, a scrimmage to simulate a fourth preseason game, but um, some of the edge in DFS will be lost because certainly for the first few games last year of those eight, uh, more casual players were jumping in and just grabbing studs and throwing them in their lineup, and many of those studs didn't play or played 14 minutes, and, and there was a real edge to be had there that'll be a little more absent this year because of the truncated preseason. Yeah, and also one thing that's interesting too is uh, the two-way contracts now. So there's not, I know the the Heat have a technical no-cut camp. They're not gonna, they're gonna just gonna put guys in the G League and. They're fine. So this isn't, cool, you know, like the NFL where it's week three is where they have the dress rehearsal, they call it. I think it's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to have a third game be – it may be the first game. It may be the second game. Um, we'll talk about Denver. They're going to do some things. Yep. Uh, each team's going to have a different approach. So you really got to kind of lock in and find out what each coach is going to do. Sometimes they'll tip it like Kerr did. Sometimes they won't. And um, Usually Tibbs does. We'll get to them in a second. Um, but, yeah, it, just to be clear, just don't – assume the third game is the the dress rehearsal. Um, yeah, and if you look at the first game of the last preseason, uh, for example, the Lakers ran out 17 guys uh, in the first game of the last preseason. They, they ran out 17 players, uh, six players, three off the start, uh, three starting and three off the bench, got 20 minutes. Brandon, Brandon Ingram 
uh, got the most. He got 27 minutes in that game. He was the only one who got over 25. So, again, I'm, I'm somewhat bullish on that this evening. Nice. You fast forward to, say, the fifth game of the preseason of the eight that they had, which is roughly the equivalent of this one. They'd cut down to 11 players. Four of the five starters got 25 minutes. Randall and Russell got over 32. Um you know, Clarkson in that game, by the way, got 27 minutes off the bench. So I, I think there's a chance we see usage around that level. Also, Ingram only played one summer league game because he got hurt at the end. So right? you'd think they really want to showcase him. So I, I like him quite a bit uh, to have a ton of shots going his way, especially with Lonzo, who's going to have a microscopic usage rate for the amount of time he has the ball um, yep. pretty much the whole season. But just quickly, what what are we thinking for Lonzo's dimes, by the way? I was trying to figure that out. Like, I think 10's... Kind of possible, which sounds crazy. I, but. I, really, I really, really do. Based on, on what you see and uh, the assemblage around him and the time he's going to spend on the court next to KCP, which is actually going to pick that number up a little bit due to his low usage. I, I mean, I if you ask me right now to bet four against him being top three in the league in assists this year, I would sit down and think about it for a long time. Yeah, it's he has a seriously like he could be with Harden dialing back, West, Westbrook dialing back and dimes. We think. I mean, it's the, the top. Dime guy is up for grabs, man. It's it's, yeah. it's just nuts. Chris Paul as well. His dimes are going to go down compared to what we've seen. Um, so, okay, quickly on the Lakers. We talked about Randall. They, interesting quotes. Uh, he had a great quote. He said that fatigue makes a coward of us all. Uh, he's <laughs> been really, really trying to get in shape. And he's really since summer league, we saw him lose weight. We saw him at the Nike reveal. Really, really. It was like, whoa, is that is that like 2K or is that Randall? Yeah. Um, so he looks great, um, and we'll see what they're, – they're not going to have him handle the ball, which we saw him do a little bit last year. That's more of just a, hey, give Lonzo the ball. Um, yeah, but they yeah, basically I, came out and said that. They're like, if, if Randall rebounds the ball, can you dribble it up? And Walton's like, no. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, said, not, he said not yet, though. It's not yet. Yeah, because he has the whole Draymond thing that everyone wants to work in so bad. Yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, he's a pretty good passer. But not no one's a passer like Draymond power forward-wise. Yeah, he's um, not in with, I mean, you got a couple guys on the Nuggets we're going to be talking about who are getting close to it, but I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so what about Randall for tonight? Uh, again, it sounds like he's going to start at the five, and he should have Zubats behind him, and Thomas Bryant also should be in the mix, so probably a three-man center rotation. I think Randall will probably play straight five tonight, um, which is a, I, a tall order against this team, but we'll, they're going to really test them. Yeah, well, th- this is an interesting situation. I, I assume we'll next talk about uh, their opponents this evening, the Timberwolves, and it's going to be interesting to see what starting lineup they roll out there against what other people have been writing. I think both you and I think that they're going to start Taj Gibson at the four, which makes it interesting to figure out who's going to be guarding who, because when the Timberwolves traditionally started Gorgie Jang nominally at the four and uh, Carl Anthony Towns at center, you usually had Jen guarding the opposing center. Mm-hmm. So uh, depending on who necessarily gets the start for this game, uh, it's going to have a lot to do with who's guarding Randall and who Randall is going to be guarding. But I, I again, expect him to see in the 25-27 minute range, and I, I think he's definitely in use tonight. I think he's going to go against Towns a lot just because they've talked up his defense more than I ever imagined. Um, as far as uh-huh. guys who are more quote-unquote offensive guys... I mean, yeah. they're really talking up his defense. So I think they kind of throw him into the fire tonight. Yeah, um, the whole thing on this Lakers defense, I mean, if you've listened to everything Luke Walton has said this last week, he's really hedged a lot about the defense. Like, yeah. nine out of ten of his comments are about the defense, and he keeps saying things that are not overly optimistic. He keeps saying things sort of, he said messy about 11 times this week. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be messy. I don't think it'll go well, but when it goes badly, we want to see how it goes badly. So... 
Yeah, it's one of many reasons I'm pretty high on the Timberwolves tonight is I think they could get dealt a good ball here. And again, when you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, last time they suited up against the Lakers, I think he had 40 and 21 was the line he dropped on them in April. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to him in a second. Um, but yeah, I think the defense is definitely something to watch as far as the season goes. They were obviously dead last last year in defensive rating, barely, uh, for Denver, who's also playing tonight. It was quite a contest. There were a number of teams fighting for dead last year. Yeah, I think the Suns were down there for a little bit. The Suns, Nets, there were a lot of teams that were were pulling over in style. All right, and that's a a defensive rating, that points per game. Uh, Anything else we got? Uh, Kuzma's been really good. He had a killer summer league, probably best player, even Lonzo included. Um, As far as surpassing expectations, uh, we talked about KCP. They talked about his defense and cutting more, playing off the ball, which, again, we kind of knew that. Uh, anything else you want to add on the Lakers before we move on to Minnesota? Well, it's worth mentioning when you talk about KCP that his ownership tonight in guaranteed contests should be artificially lowered by the fact that he's uh, demarcated on the DFS sites uh, with an O for out because uh, they just import their feeds from somewhere and he is out for the first two games of the season due to his uh, suspension from the huh. DUI. But he's going to play in the preseason. So uh, whatever you think his ownership was already going to be, which was probably pretty small because he tends to not have you know big breakout games. And again, there are no salaries, so a lot of the value guys have less appeal tonight. But that ownership is going to be truncated even further. Um, not of the four teams, we probably got the least amount of information from the Wolves. Um, interesting tidbits that I noticed were Jeff Teague really talked about the lack of chemistry, which was interesting because apparently Cat, Butler, and Wiggins... Uh, according to Carl Aldrich, quote, they look good, they look real good, they're comfortable with each other. They've been running three-on-two fast breaks with Cat, Jimmy, Wiggins against two defenders. So good luck stopping that. Uh, so they're, they're really trying to establish those three, which kind of tells you that Teague is going to be an off-ball, I don't want to call him a Curry kind of a guy, but that kind of an impact. He's been really good catch-and-shoot, not so much last year, but he was over 70 effective field goal on catch-and-shoot two years ago. Um, yeah, so this yeah. Guy can yeah, when he talks about trying to find the balance and find the chemistry on that team, I think he's speaking more about himself than the team. Yeah. Like, his role on that team is very interesting. I mean, if, I'll put it this way. Name a player on the Timberwolves who you think, and I'm, I'm treading into your part of the woods in season-long uh, basketball here for a second, who you think has more fantasy value than they did last year. I don't know if there is one. Um, well, I just say Cat because he's, for, for the whole season, he was just ridiculous late. Uh, for season long, he's just ridiculously good for uh, percentages. Sure, but but. I think he might be a hair worse than last year, but you could certainly argue Kaz. He can, I mean, he's 20. Well, I mean, just on the, on the whole body of the season. If you're talking just purely second half when he was like 26 and 13, right. then right. yeah, he's down a little bit there. But if you, if you take into account the beginning of the season, I think it's very similar, if not a slightly more. Right, right. But then when you look at everyone else, I think Jimmy Butler is going to come down. I think Wiggins is going to come down. I think Teague is going to come down based on where he is. Even if you look at Gorgie, I guess maybe Taj will rebound. Taj may be the big winner in this yeah. lineup. I, I see Teague as a slight loser. I see Gorgie Jang as kind of the big loser uh, because yep. of Taj Gibson. Like we said, we think he may start. Uh, we've seen, like you said, Jang is functionally a five-man uh, for yep. how he operates, especially with how Towns has so much versatility on the offensive side. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm season-long quickly. I'm not drafting Gorgie. Uh, okay, so what else we got? Um, they, they called Jimmy Butler and Taj the Tibbs tram- translators. Thought that was funny. And then another <laughs> thing that, that kind of hints at the earlier point, uh, he mentioned, uh, Tibbs has talked a lot about switching two through four Jimmy, Wiggins, yep. and Taj 
So this, again, they really want to get Taj in there, and they got him for a reason, man, for a team that did not need another power forward at all. Um, they basically pushed Carl Aldrich out of the rotation five man, but the way this team's put together, he's it's their fours and their fives are basically the same. Um, yeah. So, what are we thinking for tonight, minutes projections wise, or anybody that you think will have a big stat line? Again, Lakers are a tasty matchup. Yeah, there's again, this is probably my favorite team of the evening. Obviously, Tom Thibodeau, known for minutes. Um, you know, there's there's Tom Thibodeau could have been guilty of some sort of human rights violation <laughs> for the way in which he's he's wrote certain players over time, like poor Luol Deng. I, remember, I used to be sitting there looking at Bulls games. There's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and I look and I see, you know, Lou Aldang has played 44 of the 46 minutes in the game, and they're up 16, but he's still in there doing his job. Um, that's actually funny. There's a full circle uh, story here. If you look back uh, in 2012 in October, Tibbs played Jimmy Butler 48 minutes in a preseason game. Played the whole game against the Timberwolves, interestingly enough. Uh, it was on a back-to-back, and you may ask yourself, were they shorthanded? No, they played 12 guys that game. Was it like the first game of the preseason or the last? Nope, it was the third of seven. Oh, okay. They just played like 25 minutes, but just that day, Tibbs decided Jimmy Butler needed to not leave the court. That's so, great. That's, what I, that's one of my favorite stories. Just randomly, Jimmy Butler played 48 minutes, and uh, you know that reputation is deserved. If you look at his... I'm a big fan of uh, the Timberwolves tonight for a number of reasons. One, if you look at uh, their usage in the preseason last year and previous years, and and obviously I'm referring more to Thibodeau's usage and and when he's with the Bulls, etc., they do give guys more proportionally than other teams tend to get. And again, they're on the low side here. They get three preseason games. They they trained in La Jolla, down to my old stomping grounds of San Diego, for about the last week, eight days or so. Uh, Last night they they headed up. Uh, They're going to play this game tonight. Uh, in LA, and then immediately fly to China. They're in China for seven days where they play the Warriors twice uh, in Shenzhen and Shanghai, and then come back, and then they start the regular season. So they really don't have time to waste. So everything points towards uh, them playing their guys, I think, more on average. Their average starter will get more minutes than any of the other teams playing tonight, in my opinion. And it's in a great matchup against the Lakers. So I'm pretty happy with the four non-power forward starters uh, on the Timberwolves, anywhere you want to roll them out. Obviously, T, probably the lowest of those. But like me some Wiggins, like me some Butler, obviously like me some Carl Anthony Towns. And as I mentioned to you before, the last time they played, you know, Towns put up 40 and 21. And I think Wiggins also had 40 in that game. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but he I think you recall a, them both the 40 dropping 40 in the yeah. same game against the Lakers. Then you add Walton's talk about how messy their defense is. Like, I, just sign me up with Timberwolves. Yeah. So, if, you, if like, just all of them? Or would you say, um, like, Town, like, is Towns, like, the play here? And, by the way, Tibbs said he's – imagine Carl Towns being in much better shape. That's what Tibbs said. So, oh. uh, I'm scared. That's what I was saying earlier. And, plus, like, we talked about the improvement for Cat. Cat's just so good that I think that his improvement in his third season could be – Enough to overshadow this added help around him. I mean, this guy is. I mean, is he more of a freak than Davis is? I, mean, I don't even know. But they're very, they're very, very similar. Players. Yeah, and the besides the durability factor. Yeah, uh, and by the way, that's, we yeah, have, and Anthony Davis is a better defender. But yeah. the um uh, well, I'll look at it this way. So the first game of the preseason last year, uh, Tibbs ran only ten guys, and he ran them all twenty-two to twenty-eight minutes. Wiggins and Towns got the most run up towards twenty-eight. By the fourth game, which is this is basically the, the simulacrum of it's about the same point, all the starters got at least 25, Towns got 28, Wiggins got 30, 
I'm imagining that's roughly what you see tonight. Um, uh, so yeah, I would I would probably rank them in, in gross points. I'd probably go with uh, Towns, Butler, Wiggins, Teague, Taj, who we think starts at the five. And, and again, I've heard a lot of people say they think Jang is or starts at the four rather. I've heard a lot of people think say that they think he's going to start. I, there's so many quotes from. Uh, Tibbs, if you read into him, one, he said, you also have to look at what your opponents are doing. There's more wins playing at the power forward position now, so you're concerned about that matchup. That's part of it. Yeah. And comments about how it was unfair to Gorgi Jang to ask him to run out there and guard guys at the three-point line. Just, uh, you know, it, it reminds me very much of the, the Rubio situation where he's got something he doesn't like and he is trying to get away from it. Yeah, and that's the old, that's why they got him kind of a thing. Um, okay, yep. so we got a lot to talk about. Let's just move on. Anything else you want to add here? Uh, like we said, we're not really touching any of their bench guys. This team's, like you said, going to be very um, you can, I mean, they're, they're still having a fight for the backup point guard there between Tyus Jones and Aaron Brooks. Uh, so I think both of those guys are going to pick up minutes in the teens randomly. And that, that sort of open competition is one of the reasons I, I think Teague probably sees the lowest amount of minutes of the starters. Uh, you know, Jamal Crawford will get some time finally. That's exciting to see. Um, it's funny to watch the interviews with Jamal Crawford talking about how intense Tibbs is. He's like, look, I've been doing this 18 years. I've had 18 different head coaches. That man is intense, like really intense, like no comparison. To, and that's that's saying something among uh, NBA coaches who are not a mellow crew. But uh, yeah. no, I think they pretty much hit the high points. Yeah, and Tibbs said that, uh, or I'm sorry, Taj said that Tibbs demands respect on day one. Not very, you know, usually like, oh, hello, how you doing? Like, nope, come, no, fall in line, fall in line, buddy. Uh, and then also we should add that Nemanja Bielitsa is kind of questionable. He had the leg thing, but um, he had a he had baby, so he's not quite up to speed. So uh, again, that probably helps guys like Jimmy Butler and um, really everyone, Towns especially too. Okay, so we're moving on. We got a lot to talk about for this game uh, with Denver and the Warriors. Mike Malone went crazy with quotes. Um, oh, so, God. There's so many quotes here that we have to go through. Um, so no Jameer, no Omri Caspi. Happy Yom Kippur. To all, um, no. Happy high quality day. Yep, uh, Darrell Arthur also uh, limited with a stomach issue for over two months. They've been saying he can't keep food down. He has a knee. This guy's never healthy. So you would assume he doesn't play. Uh, one of the big quotes of this the week to me was Mike Malone saying, "quote It's hard to play more than nine guys." And as a, a DFS slash fantasy guy, that made me tingly, man. I love nine man rotations. So. Um, <laughs> That, that's something we want to watch out for today, uh, just to kind of run over the general stuff. Um, I, I don't think he said that in lieu to today. I'm going to go back. No, to no, no. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I, I brought, he brought that up in the context of, like, the eventual season. Right? Yeah, for sure. Sorry yeah, for yeah, so definitely exciting. Yes, you'd like to see the old nine, eight-man rotations you see once in a while every game. That is some exciting stuff for DFS, absolutely. But today, we're definitely going to spread it out. A oh, bit. it's going to probably be 14, 15 deep today. They have a lot. To, we're going to go through all the position battles here. Um, so the, really the, the big story for tonight is Mike Malone, he won't commit to who he's going to start, and they're supposedly going to alternate. So it sounds like I think they're going to probably go Moutier because I think Murray has such an advantage that they want to give Moutier a chance to, A, get win the spot, um, the starting spot, and B, earn a rotation spot. Um, that's really been uh, the big thing there. Let's talk about Moutier first. Um, Malone and they've been they've been buddy buddy. Malone went with him to Africa with his family. Yeah. Um, he had a great quote about how when Moody got bumped from the rotation, he said you could either you know give up on yourself or work extra hard, and he did it. He quote improved on everything. 
Um, he's just been the star of camp. I don't know if this is fueled for trade talk or what, but it sounds like they really want to get him in there. And if you're going to play nine guys, you can't play three point guards. So no. it's pretty much Jamal Murray's going to be in the rotation. So he, yeah. it's pretty much Nelson versus Moutier. So they want to see Moutier do really well. Um, so I think he's kind of a guy to consider for DFS. What do you think? I mean, well, they've said that Moutier is competing for the starting job. Now, you uh, tweeted a couple times. I'll throw this back to you because it's, it's your stat and it's you I've seen talk about this the most. Uh, how efficient this Denver offense was with Jamal Murray running the point last year. Yeah, 122.6, I think, was the offensive rating in their 67 minutes after the break last year. That's the starting lineup. Gallo's gone. But Murray, Harris, Gallo, Wilson Chandler, and Jokic. That's insane, dude. Yeah, uh, for anything over a 10-minute sample to have that kind of offense in 67 minutes is just... This offense is too good. They were uh, plus 21.7 in net rating, better than the Warriors. Um, they're, Jamal Murray is also more explosive. He had... He was playing through a groin injury for most of last season, including his time in Kentucky. So this yep. thing's been holding him back. Murray himself said he's been more explosive. Malone said that's going to help him on both ends of the both ends of the court. I'm a big, big, big Jamal Murray guy. Um, not so much for today. Uh, if he starts, sure. But um, believe yeah. it or not, for for tournaments, which tends to be uh, again quick uh, DFS lexicon. If you're playing head to heads and just trying to double up your money or fifty fifties, we call those cash games. If you're playing a $40,000 tournament where you're trying to win a few grand in one fell swoop, I would actually rather have Jamal Murray if Emmanuel Moutier starts because I think they probably split the minutes pretty close down the middle. And in tournament basic strategies, you want guys with lower ownership. And I think if Moutier starts and Jamal Murray comes off the bench, you get 30% ownership on Moutier and 10% on Jamal Murray. And I don't know that I like Moutier necessarily that much more in that situation. So I, it would be intriguing for me, whoever comes off the bench, actually, I think is in a really interesting spot here at point guard. And also we should say that Murray has been working out since like July uh, with the, the surgery in, in April. So he should be healthy. I think technically we have him as injured um, because that's in, in the rotor world system because that's just how we do it. We usually will keep him out until he actually hits the court. Um, but yeah, I fully expect Murray to play big minutes. Um, any other? So, are they going to play any? Like, okay. So, what about the backcourt rotation? Gary Harris, uh, Will Barton. They're trying to. He wants to get paid. Um, so, how do you how do you see this shaking out minutes wise for the backcourt? Yeah, it was really interesting. A couple of years ago, uh, Malone's uh, first year in uh, Denver was really interesting in the fact that he didn't really get the way the or his usage in the preseason was was really strange. If you go back uh, you know, two years. Uh, first game of the preseason, right after draft, first game, Emmanuel Moody gets 33 minutes. Uh, all the other starters basically get 30, just throws them out there. Four guys on the bench get more time than the starters. He only runs 11 guys out there. And as that preseason goes on, then he runs 12, then 14, then 15, and then eventually scales it back. But that first game usage was really interesting. Last year uh, was much more uh, traditional. Uh, by about this point in the preseason, you were getting about 25, 27 minutes out of the starters. I, I think that's on the high end for what you pick up out of the starters here. I think the starting point guard gets that, and the backup point guard, whoever it is, again, Murray and Moutier in whatever spot they land, uh, are going to split straight 48. They really don't have anyone else. No one else is going to handle the ball. Uh, you know, Jameer uh, has an injury to one of his 10 little piggies, so he's not going to even suit up. But I do think you see a lot of other minute splits at a lot of other positions. I think, you know, at the four, I think Millsap, they want to get acclimated. Uh, Malone made some comments about how, you know, getting into the preseason has a lot to do with 
you know, acclimation players getting used to playing next to other guys. And again, they don't have a ton of games. They have five games. So one reason to be a little softer on Denver is unlike some other teams, they actually have, uh, you know, uh, five preseason games, which isn't quite as desperate. But again, they're going to give backup minutes at the four to both Trey Lyles and, and in theory, Kenneth Fareed. So, uh, you know, Millsap, his limits could, his minutes could be limited. Um, I don't know if you read the same as me, by the way, that I, I think Fareed is on his way out of town. Like sure. there, he constantly gets asked questions. Malone, this is about the backup power forward spot. And every time he's asked about Trey Lyles, he just says great things about him. And every time he's asked about Fareed, he's like, he's look good. But then again, everybody's look good. Like he hedges on it every single time. And he said repeatedly how good Trey Lyles looks out there next to Mason Plumley in the backup unit. So I, I think Fareed is going to end up being the odd man out here. And he is obviously one incredibly athletic dude. So I expect him to, to be an interesting trade chip to go somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah, the minutes, I think you're going to see a lot of the 20 to 26 range, both starting and off the bench, a little less at the positions where it's going to be a little more congested like power forward. And just like you said, the thing that sticks out to me most about Fareed is before the draft, uh, Tim Conley, President Tim Conley, now he got promoted. Uh, he was talking about like how what they have such a surplus at power forward. So they do that, and then they go into the draft and they get two more. They get Tyler Lydon <laughs> and Trey Lyles. So like, what are you like? What are you doing here? Um, and then I also did bring Mason Plumlee, who, by the way, um, Malone said they're still entertaining playing the double double center lineup, which we saw flamed out hardcore with the Nurk and the Jokic yeah. thing. But that lineup isn't as bad. They, they cite that Plumlee is a better guarding at fours and stuff, especially with its space, because you can't put Jokic 15 feet out and have him do anything defensively. Uh, and I then also quickly on power forward, too. Yep. Uh, they said they could still play. Wilson Chandler's going to really shift to the three, and that was a big thing for him last year. He preached continuity in his role, so they want to play him the three, but they are going to play him at the four times. They also want to play Juancho Hernan Gomez there at the four a little bit. So if this thing is a mess, and especially if Trey Lyles, who's – it's a quote-unquote open competition with him and Fareed. So, really, I mean, it, it's you think Fareed, has, who's been on the trade block for two years now, it feels like. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, don't, forget about, don't forget about the player Malone has praised the most in this camp. That's Torrey Craig. <laughs> nice. He is completely ready to go for Torrey Craig. He has the best two-minute rant you can look up talking about Torrey Craig. He's like, this guy's a baller. Yeah. This guy can play. I am a Quote, a huge Tory Craig fan. He's on a two-way contract right now. He is not a two-way player. He is going to play in the league. Like, he, he is jacked up and good to go for Tory Craig. Again, if there were bargains in DFS today, I'd be pretty excited to see what he can do as he gets out there for his 12 minutes. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you can safely project anything near the minutes you're going to get on, say, the Timberwolves for most of the guys on the Nugs. I've been waiting for a, like, $30,000 cap fantasy league for like so you can just play all scrubs <laughs> I've, I've wanted that for so long and it's, it's never That'd be happened. the absolute best Fandle used to have uh, basically an expert mode which they've gotten rid of as it streamlined the product made it a little more uh available to everyone but uh Fandle used to have a you know five or ten thousand dollars less salary to spend expert mode i love ago. that i would yeah. be, i'd be so down for that um okay so quickly we haven't talked about much about Jokic. Who is also in better, and also Trey Lyles has lost 15 pounds. I should add, so he's in great shape. Uh, it was really, really good two summer leagues ago, and uh, I would admit he was one of my misses last year. I thought he was going to have a good season. Did not. Um, also, quickly on Ken Fareed, he's uh, Mullen had a good quote just to put the bow on him. He's been impressive with his motor, with his energy, getting extra possessions, dominating the glass. Okay, that's what Ken Fareed does. Nothing really like. There's nothing really in that quote. Uh, and then also Jokic is down 10 to 12 pounds. Uh, so muscle watch there. 
Um, Tyler Lydon been quote very impressive, a quote sneaky shot blocker. Yep. Um, been a presence at the rim. I mean, blah, blah, blah blah blah. These are kind of cut and paste quotes. <laughs> Nothing really special there. Um, so I mean, anything else you want to add? We we could kind of move on here, I guess, to the Warriors. If once you got something else to add. No, I think I feel pretty good about what we said about yeah. Denver. Again, they, they will play out some more guys and some more minutes. So uh, for, for my take as the DFS guy, I think we uh, covered the interesting ones there. Yep. Well, uh, I, and I will say, you know, Jokic is a guy who last year would repeatedly put up 45 fantasy points in 24 minutes. And when there are no salaries, I, there's very little reason not to play Nikola Jokic in plenty of lineups. Uh, he even uh, skipped, uh, he didn't play uh, Euroball for, uh, for Serbia this year. Yep. So uh, he should be uh, nice and fresh. Love Serbian basketball, by the way. Free I do too. I watch lots of Euro basketball. Free Boban. Um, well, yeah, and we'll get. I don't know what we can do that game. Whatever, uh, whenever they're on the court, <laughs> that's, that's good time. And then also too, you meant you kind of hinted at it. Um, their the rapport of Jokic and Millsap was apparently really bad early in camp, and it's gotten a lot better. So that, that's something we want to watch. You mentioned Millsap fitting in uh, is big. That's he's a big fit guy because he's not doesn't jump off the page athletically. So yeah. they want to find uh, out how he plays. Well, I mean, that has the potential to be one of the best front court passing duos ever. I mean, those guys, when they know what they're doing, can both can both really move the ball very, very nicely. Yeah, that's why I like Jamal Murray. This guy's gonna he may hit three threes a game. Okay, so let's get to the Warriors. Really, the bad news for DFS is Kerr will quote play everybody, um, all nineteen guys. It's not nineteen guys anymore because Caspi's out. Um, that yeah. that news came after the fact. So we're looking at. 17, 18 guys here. So you're kind of thinking that they play it straight first half, I would think. So you're probably yeah. going to get, you know, 15, 16 minutes in the first half for the starters and then maybe half a rotation in the second half. So like, look, I think you're looking at 18, 19 minutes for the starters. Uh, I'll let you hand it, go from there before we get down to specific players. What do you see rotation-wise? Yeah, no, I think you, you basically have it right on the nose. I think those are about the minutes and when they're going to occur. And I, I put a lot of time into this because it's a, it's a big question for DFS tonight. Uh, on DraftKings, where salary cap is a bit of an issue, obviously some of the most expensive players uh, are on Golden State. Uh, but either way, it's how much time these guys are going to get. So, so my minutes take on them is, at this point, uh, last game preseason, they actually played the Nuggets with four games left to play. The, the Warriors are going to play uh, four games this preseason. They play the two games against Minnesota in China after tonight. So they play tonight the two games in China. They actually get one more game against Sacramento when they get home. But with four games to play, they played the Denver Nuggets, uh, though that game was in Denver, but they played 14 guys in that game. Steph played the most minutes at 27. Durant played 23. Draymond played 24. Clay played 24. Zaza got the start and played 19. Now, they ran out 14 guys in that game. And tonight they're saying they're going to play, I believe it's going to be 18 guys. So you have to expect those numbers to come down a touch. So not necessarily a full fade situation, but I think you're looking at those guys landing. Um, I mean, if, if you look at the, you know, a worst case situation, if you look at the first game of the preseason last year, they ran out exactly 18 guys again. Pat McCall got the most minutes in that game at 22. No one else even got 19. Zaza got eight. The starters all got 17 to 19. That's your downside tonight, which is what you're calling, which is where those guys all get 17, 18, 19 minutes. I think your upside is it's a little closer to the game I was talking about, and those other guys who are putting on the court are getting the four to six minute treatment. Maybe you're getting 24 minutes out of these guys, but uh, I'm thinking 1920 is the number. So um, there are certainly times and configurations where 19 or 20 minutes of these guys can be very, very productive. Again, we talked about Draymond over on uh, over on Fanduel getting three points for a steal and a block, but. 
Certainly, uh, earlier this week, beat reporters and other people had indicated all the starters would get 30 minutes because Steve Kerr had made some comments about only having so many preseason games. That will be the case later in the preseason. That is not going to be the case here. Uh, I would exercise some caution. That is not a situation we thought it would be where you could just stack up everybody on the Warriors. Agreed. Everything you said, I'll add two things. Um, one, I'm super pumped from Relief Beasley versus Pat McCall. Yeah. <laughs> in the backups. Uh, and two, uh, he said that the young, the older vets aren't going to lose minutes to the younger guys. So, And also, Jordan Bell, we'll talk about him real fast here, um, hit a game winner in scrimmage, uh, 20-foot jumper. He is not going to shoot, from what Kerr said. Um, yep. And he's also not going to be in the rotation. Called him a modern-day five-man. A lot of talk about Bell, who was fantastic in Summer League. Obviously, if you saw the NCAA tournament, he was also lights out there. Um, so I'm, they are so deep at the five. It's kind of stupid. Uh, Zaza, McGee, West, Looney, who's on the roster bubble. Um, yeah. Bell and Damian Jones also had they had a lot of positive things to say about him. I think Kurt uh, Yang still technically on the roster as well. I'm not sure. So yeah, or, he might have got waived. I can't. I can't remember. But they, yeah, they have they have five six guys who can play center for that team. They have Draymond at the five and the oh absolutely lineup. yeah they're definitely going to play and even KD at the five at, at uh, very rare times. Uh, what yeah, else? It's we worth got? saying when you look at this game, these are two of the more stable teams in the offseason. I mean, and Denver had one of the most stable rosters. Their real only move was Gallinari out of town and Paul Millsap coming to town. Mm-hmm. And that was really it, besides a little bit of uh, draft movement and guys, you know, heading to the G League. Golden State really just did a wing swap. I mean, they, they sent out Matt Barnes and Ian Clark and picked up Omri Caspi and Nick Young. So, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly another argument to be made against them not killing the starters based on the fact they really know what they have here. Yeah, and also a couple other things I wanted to add. Um, let's see here. What, um, that oh, uh, Nick Young uh, told Curry's the best shooter, um, but uh, Curry said he could shoot it and keep shooting it. What else we got here? Um, oh, Curry really talked up Clay more so than anybody else. Uh, he did. He said Kevin Durant's a new player, but that's kind of just buzz stuff. But it sounds like Clay is coming back extra motivated. But then again, maybe because China Clay was such a big talk, big comp, big movies. Like, okay, it's not about China Clay. China Clay is is the off season. Clay Thompson, the basketball player, is back and ready to smash, uh, smash the basketball court, not whatever else. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't, I, again, like you said, the Warriors are pretty much the same team. Zaza is already confirmed to be the starter. Like you said, pretty much just swapping in. They're back. I, I want to see how Pat McCaw fits in versus who oh, I thought was really good um, with him and Swaggy and how they're going to mix in the, um, the backcourt, the back, uh, the backups. It should be fun to watch. Every time I look at this team, I see you know Omri Caspi who's just going to be buried on this team. I mean, he basically plays the three and the four at the three is behind obviously Durant and Iguodala at the four. We talked about their superfluity of bigs on this team. Man, um, the day that the Pelicans just waved him for whatever uh, they did it to pick up. Yep. Uh, Reggie Williams or somebody like he broke his thumb. Yep, because they were and hurt. Like, they were really missed. They were short on bodies. They had to cut him to, to sign dudes. Right, and they and they cut him to pick. I'm like, oh my god, they're going to regret that. And sure enough, Solomon Hill yeah. wrecks himself, and now all of a sudden that team has no one to play the three. And with those two big guys down, go Om- Omri Caspi would start for that team right now. And they literally just waved him. They just sent him away. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the quote uh, from Zach Lowe's article. The Jew Holiday is going to guard quote the Kevin Durant's and Paul Georges of the world. Uh, Drew oh. Holiday. So um, that goes to show you how thin they are to three. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then also one of the note I had was passing accuracy has been an issue uh, according to Kerr. 
So they really want to, again, this is turnovers have been the bugaboo. Um, that's the one knock on the Warriors because they pass so much. Um, yeah. Kevin Durant had the big overpassing quote that well, in January when they lost a game uh, and they had fourth quarter issues and Draymond was talking about that was kind of the buzz term as well. Uh, okay, so I think I'm I'm good. Anything else you want to add here? And then also, um, yeah, make sure you check out Fanvice. He's at Fast Eddie Fear. Um, we had to thank Evan Silver for hooking us up. Really, uh, he 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 played a uh, Match.com boy. We were, uh, we're we're new uh, new DFS pals now. Yeah, he's a matchmaker. He's the heartbreaker. <laughs> Evan Silver good at everything for sure. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to pump up or what? what are, well, you got a Periscope going later for. Yeah, yeah, later today I'm going to do a Periscope, uh, rehash a lot of what we talked about, but also go a little bit more into depth on the uh, DFS lineups and some of the game theory for uh, if you're playing in tonight's slates. And, uh, you know, for the DFS community, this is, this is a big day. Uh, DFS NBA is the best time of year uh, for many of us. So I'm going to do a Periscope, I think, around 7.15. And uh, anyone who wants to stop by can uh, chat some preseason NBA. And I uh, wanted to tell you it was uh, great being on air with you. Thanks for having for me. For sure, man. We should know who starts, too, for Denver by that time. So you'll have a, a little bit of a leg up. And, that, and that'll be interesting. In cash, I'm going with the starter, but in tournaments, like, I really like whoever ends up as uh, coming off the bench as the point guard there, because I still think they're getting 20 plus, 22, maybe 24. For sure. All right, man. We're going to get out of here on that. You guys enjoy the lovely DFS slate. NBA is back, so enjoy your weekend. Enjoy football tomorrow if you're into that. And thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.